Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Behind the Books. As we wrap up the summer, late August, and I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this episode while they sit on the beach watching the waves roll in. They got their AirPods on, their headphones on, listening to Behind the Books while they enjoy the rest of the summer. And hopefully they'll enjoy this episode. We have a couple of nice interviews coming up for people that I'm sure they're going to enjoy. We spoke with Aaron Nell Steinke, who's a graphic artist, and enjoyed listening to his pathway into how he got from comics into books. And as our staff interview, we spoke with Anna Korn, who works in circulation at the West Windsor branch. So whether you are on the beach or maybe you are in the car from uh, doing a day trip somewhere in our lovely state of New Jersey, uh, we hope you enjoy the episode. And again, it is, as Bob alluded to, two really uh, fun interviews. Uh, I learned a lot from both and I loved getting to know uh, Anna a little bit better. So I think uh, our listeners will appreciate them as well. You know what else happens, Anna, at this time of the summer, a lot of people, they have time off. The kids aren't in school yet, but they're trying to think of things to do. And they should look at the library as a great resource to head into the library, check out some of our travel guides. You can find out if you want to stay local, maybe a day trip to someplace in New Jersey, as you said, or Pennsylvania is not far away. You know, places like that. We have a lot of resources for people who... You know, they want to do something with the kids, but they just can't figure out, you know, they don't want to take a big trip somewhere, but they want to do something exciting. So, Bob, we will share with everybody some upcoming programs and services and resources available at the library. But why don't we start out with our interview with Anna Korn from the West Winter Branch? We'll be back to have Anna and myself speak with Anna in a moment. everyone and welcome to this segment of Behind the Books where we take time to talk with a staff member of the Mercer County Library System. Today we are talking with Anna Korn who is in the circulation department out at the West Windsor branch. Anna, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is really cool. Thank you. So one of the things, it's funny because we talk in all these jargony ways, like I said, circulation is the department you're in. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do as part of the circulation department? Yeah, I feel like the best way to describe circulation is usually they're kind of the first people you see up at a desk when you walk into a library. And we do basically all anything, you know, having to do with checking books out, checking books in, registering new patrons unfortunately handling fines and fees, pulling books for holds, even sometimes shelving books. We're kind of like a little jack of all trades, doing a little bit of everything up at the desk. So yeah, that's kind of circulation. You know, you're out at West Windsor, which is probably our busiest branch. Is that, do you enjoy the fact that it's so busy and it's, I'm sure there's very little downtime for you at circulation at the West Windsor branch? I do, yeah, actually, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of an antsy person. If I don't have something, I, I like having stuff to do, especially, you know, I, I enjoy pulling holds. I enjoy putting up books. 
checking items out. So for me, I'm kind of glad it's a busy branch because I, I like to do those things. I have a hard time sitting still <laughs> most of the time. Um, but when it is slow, you know, that's that's also nice too. You get a chance to just sit and, and chill for a little bit. But yeah, I, I appreciate our busy, busyness, I think. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit, um, it's always kind of fun to hear, like, how did people make their way to their library job? Like, what was your pathway to get here? Yeah, it was kind of a windy pathway a little bit. I graduated from college in 2018, and I got my degree in ecology. So my, my background is actually more in, like, environmental science, but I came out of school and I was working like 40 hours a week at a movie theater and kind of just looking for a new way ahead. And I was looking into library jobs because I always loved going to the library growing up. And I saw they had a part-time library assistant opening here at West Windsor. And I put in an application, I interviewed, I was grateful to be hired. And yeah, worked part-time for about two and a half years and now I've been full-time for a little less than a year. It's interesting too because I think most of the people you know you might study something else in college but it always kind of leads back to if you really enjoy reading a library is a great place to end up so I take it that you're somebody who really enjoys reading do you have certain things that you like to read? I kind of try to do a little bit of everything and I really like when people recommend me books that maybe I wouldn't necessarily pick up on my own. For instance, right now I'm, I'm in a book club and a lot of the recommendations are things that I would never read. Um, but yeah, trying to kind of get more into classics. I have like a huge gap in reading classics, but kind of on my own, I read a lot of just fiction. I love biographies. So a little bit of everything. I find that that is one thing working at circulation a lot of times as you get to know the patrons when they come in and they they bring back books and they'll say you got to read this book right because yeah. i work at circulation hopeful and that happens a lot you know so then it might not be something that originally i thought about reading but like you said i'll i'll pick it up and and listen to it so it's kind of nice that you have that back and forth with the patrons where you might eventually they'll start asking you what they should read right so it kind of works both ways yeah yeah that's a really cool aspect because we do um, you know, anytime anyone is checking anything out, you, you really, you get to see what they're checking out. It's like, oh, that's, that looks really interesting. Oh, where, what section was that from? That looks cool. I should go check out that section later. Um, so yeah, you kind of do get like a wide variety of perspectives and our, our community is so diverse. Like it, it's amazing, you know, what people request and what people check out. It's very cool. So what would you say, because you do get to interact, it's funny because people think at the library we don't interact with people a lot and we're interacting with people all the time, right? They always think it's like a little quiet and introverted and whatnot, but what would you say, and so you, I know you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Do you, so what is something that you think, um, or that you enjoy? Like you talked about holds and you talked about doing displays and keeping on the move. Like what do you think is one of your favorite things that you like to do as working at the library? Yeah, I really like, I, uh, weirdly, I like looking for, so every month or so they generate a, a list of like books that are, are missing, like books that have wandered away from their home and are just looking to be found. And so I like to go out and you look, you search the shelves, you search the stacks. And if you do find a book, it's like, oh my gosh, I just rescued 
you know, this book from the void. And it's nice. It's like a little fun kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Finding missing things is always nice and satisfying. But yeah. Like we're like kindred spirits in that. That's my favorite thing to do too. Go yeah, it's like a list little... of missing books and I'll see if I can find any. Yeah, it's like a little treasure hunt. We used to make a competition out of it to see who between Bob and I who could find more. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah, and in the end everyone wins because you know you found some missing stuff and a lot of the stuff is, you know, on hold. People are looking for That's it. Right. And so they're just kind of sitting waiting if it's, you know, a missing book and when it gets found and it goes to the next person, it's really nice. It's like, oh, they, they can finally read this book or watch this movie they've been waiting on. So then kind of along those same lines, we like to ask people, but obviously you didn't, you didn't think, you know, when I was growing, you were growing up, I'm going to be a librarian, I'm going to work in the library. So what, and we always kind of talk about how there's these preconceived notions of um, working in the library. What is something that you think people would find surprising about being in the library? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, even when I, when I first started working here, I was just so, I was really surprised by the, by the volume of items going in and out and the number of people coming in to use the space and attend programs. Like I did not expect it to be as busy as, as it is, because you kind of see the um, kind of a little bit of like the stereotype of like, oh, libraries are so quiet libraries are kind of you know fading people don't really go to check out books anymore or whatever but that's really not the case like if anything there's i think more of a demand for a space where you can go in and use the space without having to buy anything that's such like that doesn't exist really anywhere else except being in a library so yeah i, I was amazed by how how many people use the library for all the different services we have and yeah how busy it is so I hope it stays that way. Yeah. And that's especially true in West Windsor, because I know having gone into the branch many times myself, it's like there's rarely a time that you go in there where there's not, you know, people studying or people tutoring or, or people doing something. I mean, like you said, it's it's a great use of the space and and what we have available for them to use. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's yeah, it's a great space. There's it's our building. is kind of just one big open room. And so it's it's maybe not the quietest branch, maybe one of the loudest branches, but it's definitely getting like great use, um, which is which is awesome. Do you think so? You had said that you had you studied ecology. Is there anything like are you staying involved in sciences at all, or do you try to incorporate it all with what you're doing, like as a hobby? Yeah. So I I worked. I mean, until I became full time. Here, I also worked part-time um, like for the for the Forest Service for the state, and I kind of helped them out a little bit before I became full-time here. And I try to I try to keep that, you know, I, I like trees a lot. I love going to nature preserves, you know, walking around parks. I try to keep that kind of alive in my spare time. A lot of us have backgrounds of like English or history. Yeah. And, and I think it's always interesting to find these other backgrounds that people have. Um, like I was a business major. Bob was journalism. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, and I just, I just think it's such a, a, a rare find in an organization where you have all these, or, or all these different backgrounds coming together. That's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like libraries incorporate, you know, different aspects of all of those backgrounds. Like obviously like, yeah. English background, literature background, 
but also even for like science backgrounds. I mean, a library is, is really just organizing a large amount of information, which is the basis of a lot of different sciences, library science even, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it definitely comes in handy, I, I think, just the organization and skills and yeah, working with a lot of information at once. Well, Anna, I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. It has been truly a delight, and we are truly grateful to have you in the Mercer County Library System. Um, I know that your colleagues are very appreciative of all your work that you do. So thank you again for taking time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this, is, this was really cool. Thanks for inviting me, and it was great getting to talk to you guys. with the next segment of Behind the Books. Thanks so much to Anna Korn from our West Windsor branch for taking some time to talk to us about her path to the library and how she got to where she is at West Windsor and what she does at the West Windsor branch. And Anna, as we wind up the summer, there are some programs that we'll have, of course, offered for people, but there are also other resources, as we alluded to in the beginning of today's episode, that people can take advantage of that we have here at the library. Bob, I'm so glad that you you were talking about this in the beginning a little bit about how it's the end of the summer and people are looking for things to do. And obviously there's programs here at the library and we will link to our uh, event calendar in our show notes so that you can easily access those programs that are happening. But we both thought it was important to uh, bring up that our museum pass program has started back up. So if you go to mcl.org, you will see on our website a link to our museum passes that are available. And there are a few branches that are offering them and more are being added, but there's really some great offerings. And it does, it gives you a quick little trip to do if you're looking for something to do as our summer winds up. And it's really a great program. It was uh, very popular before it got suspended for a little while, but now it's back, slowly making its way back. And I think people are going to be excited with the return of the museum pass program. And then we do want to remind everybody, we talked in our last episode about our amateur photo contest that is going to be starting up. Submissions can start to be submitted on September 6th and you can submit your photo. It's one five by seven photo. And we will link to the website in our show notes. It has some parameters there for submissions to follow. Uh, And again, the theme for this year is day or night. You know, and one other thing that we talked about in our last episode that I wanted to follow up with you on, if you remember when we talked to Mary Grace Billick about her knitting, you were going to jump right in and get started with that. Have we made any headway into the knitting yet? Bob Noose, I'm so glad you asked me that because what I have done is I went out to the store and I got needles. I talked to some, we have a local uh, yarn store in our township. And I went and I talked to them. I got some needles and I got yarn and I have some vacation time coming up. And I plan on getting onto Creative Bug, the database that I mentioned before, which we subscribe to. And I'm going to start my venture. So check back in with me, okay? We will be sure to check back in on that because that was something that I know that you were very enthused about when we talked about it. And the other thing, when you, you mentioned Creative Bug, We also have another new database here at the Mercer County Library System. Do we want to talk about that one too? We just recently subscribed to uh, Headspace, which is a meditation database. 
And again, you can ac access that from our website, mcl.org. So you can use it for an allotted amount of time. And I can let you, I have tried this. I've actually done the three minute meditations, like kind of these quick breathing exercises, but also they had this Samba meditation, which was just awesome. I did it in the morning. It got me going. My family got a laugh. I got a laugh. It was like the best way to start out my day. We're always looking to expand here at the Mercer County Library System. And as far as behind the books goes, we have another interview coming up for everybody. We spoke with author Aaron Nell Steinke, and we'll be back with that chat in a moment. Aaron Nell Steinke is a cartoonist and former elementary school teacher. He began making comics in 2006 with the help of a grant from the Zarek Foundation and never stopped. In 2015, he and his wife, Ariel Cohen, won the best publication for early readers, Eisner Award, for their book, The Zoo Box. His wildly popular Mr. Wolf's Class series follows the adventures of a class of anthropomorphic students and their teacher, who just so happens to be a wolf. Aaron, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. So obviously, I mean, just reading your bio, what my initial question, um, I, you were formally teaching, but what made you make that? Because you also wrote and drew while you were teaching, but what made you take that initial step? Was it the grant or was there something else that made you take that initial step while you were teaching? Yeah, I, I think I started, you know, I actually, I did start making books before I was a teacher. So the, the teaching really came about as a, a way to, I guess, make a living. Uh, while I was pursuing cartooning and, and, and publishing. So, you know, a number of years before I even got that Xeric grant, um, I had gone to school for hand-drawn animation. So, you know, it, it was doing the arts and, and doing sequential narrative is, has always been with me. The teaching came about as kind of like a, not, not, a, not, not for me, actually. My wife suggested that I, sh I should become a teacher because I had been working in food service for a number of years and I felt pretty burnt out. It turned out I was pretty good with kids and, and I went back and pursued my uh, teaching degree and then the rest is history. When Anna and I had been talking and we had, we had said we wanted to get an author on and an illustrator who does the junior graphic novels because working here at the library, we've just seen the way that they've taken off in popularity. It's been incredible over the last several years. Is that something that you've noticed as well? When you first got into it, did you know that it was going to be the kind of thing that was going to take off? You know, I didn't know what the future would hold. I, I just knew that kids needed graphic novels. There was an, a, kind of a void when I first got into publishing where, you know, for a number of years, indie comics were really trying to get the adult world and say, you know, hey, you know, comics aren't just for kids. Um, but in that that same swing, we kind of left out the kids, and um, there were there weren't a lot of publishers willing to take the risk to publish uh, graphic novels for for children. There were a few, there were a handful. So you know, as I was uh, becoming a teacher, I noticed a few things happen. So one really big one was when Jeff Smith's uh, Bone was picked up by. Scholastic's uh, graphics imprint, and full disclaimer, that's my publisher as well. Um, and I had a, a student who was like, have you read this book called Amulet? Um, and I, so I, I knew Bone had been republished. And then Kazu Kibuishi's Amulet 
and then Smile. And um, at the same time, there were other publishers starting to kind of dip their toe into it. So first, second comics had kind of started publishing a wide range of ages, including works for kids. And early on, it, it, there really wasn't a lot. So even though there might just be a few, a few handful of titles, I was, I was noticing a need and I, I was becoming a teacher and I realized, you know, I, I wanna shift gears instead of making comics for adults, I want to uh, make comics for the people I'm around all day. And that's when I started getting into uh, publishing works for kids. And I, I kind of naturally came out of that area anyway, because I went to school for animation. The animation I was doing was kind of geared toward kids. I, I'd always thought of children as my audience and, and you know, picture books was another area I really wanted to get into. I've never actually made a, a, a pure picture book. I tried. And so children were always on my mind. I'd always wanted to, I guess I'm a, a kid at heart. So that's, you know, uh, natural for me. Well, one of the things about the graphic novels, especially for the kids, um, and I feel like there was not a stigma, but people were like, well, is it really, I mean, it's not literature or whatnot, they're not reading, but I'm like, if they're reading, they're reading, and this is going to be the gateway to other things that they're going to end up reading. And the fact is, is there's great graphic novels for all ages. I mean, from, and I think you just tapped into that junior group where there is sometimes you see that bump where that speed bump, especially as a teacher, you have kids who are reluctant readers. And I think this is, gives them the little push to, um, to enjoy reading and love reading. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, and I think that's where I came at making comics for kids first was because I was teaching really young kids. And so language acquisition and uh, teaching kids how to read was, it was a really core part of my curriculum. And so seeing you know how how best to get kids excited about reading and getting those reluctant readers reading and reading images first because you know like when my child was a was a toddler I mean he was reading images you know he did he would pick up a even like one of those uh Totoro uh my neighbor Totoro manga adaptions where they like reads from right to left and he he knew just instinctively which way to read the book he wasn't reading the words yet but he, he could follow the images. And so there's so much happening in graphic novels. And like, you know, while my primary interest was in teaching kids how to read and, and helping reluctant readers overcome their uh, self-esteem and um, their stigma about their own reading abilities, um, I also want to emphasize that, you know, I, I think comics are for anybody. And I think that it'll be exciting to see how you know, readers move on from younger books into, you know, YA and into adult. I hope more people read adult comics. I think, um, you know, as, as I shifted to, to children's work, I, you know, my heart is still into, you know, comics as literature as well. And, and I'm not sure if that connection has, has fully been made yet um, in our society, but I, I hope it does one day. You had mentioned that the transition for you, you know, the personal transition going from adult down to writing for kids, was that, was that hard for you or was it easy because you were surrounded by kids all day? You probably got a lot of inspiration just walking into the classroom every day. It was a natural progression. It was also a shift I did have to consciously make because I was already making autobiographical comics because I, you know, I wanted to tell kind of weird contradictory stories about myself that explored, you know, a self-examination kind of thing. When I became a teacher, then I realized, you know, like I have these stories that you know, a parent could look at and go, oh, you know, I don't want them teaching my child or something. And they weren't like 
explicit, but it's just, I started to feel like I needed to protect my identity a little more and not put myself out there, or at least the version of myself I was putting out there. And so why not just go all in and keep doing autobiographical comics, but write it, write about my teaching experience, but not make it me anymore. You know, I could, I could by making myself into Mr. Wolf, and that's how Mr. Wolf's class started, um, I started drawing myself as a wolf and I could then start to bend reality. So oftentimes people ask me, like, why do you draw animal characters? And it's the answer is in truthful in, in truth, because I wanted to protect my students' identities. I was writing personal stories about my students and I didn't want their identities to be out there or for people to think that I was making fun of the kids. So, you know, for instance, um, there was a comic strip about a student who um, was really attached to a stick and they wanted to bring it inside to the classroom. And I told them, no, you gotta keep it outside. And they said, well, if you, if you, if you make me leave the stick outside, you're gonna break my heart. And I, you know, it's up to you, Mr. Wolf, are you gonna break my heart? You know, it's, it's an endearing story about a first, first grader and they're you know, trying to con their teacher into letting them bring a stick into the classroom. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is um, when you when you and your wife right received the Eisner Award. So that really is compared to like the Academy Awards for <laughs> graphics illustration, yeah. right? I mean, can you tell me a little bit about like when you initially when you got it, like what was your reaction? Yeah, so I was teaching second grade at the time that the, <laughs> oh, the box came out, and uh, well, the book came about because I was we had just had a child and. Uh, my wife and I, Ariel Cohn, um, it, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of time to make comics. I started the Mr. Wolf stuff somewhere around the beginning of the zoo box, the Mr. Wolf comic strips that predate Mr. Wolf's class, the ones I was talking about, um, about autobiography. And I didn't have a lot of ideas for new books. I was feeling a little like dismayed with the publishing process. I had uh, a couple books out there, Super Crazy Cat Dance and the Super Duper Dog Park that didn't do very well. And they, they, they're great books. I, I like them. They just didn't really uh, have a lot of reach and they didn't really seem to make an impact. And one day my wife just sat down in a coffee shop and she just wrote out the story for the zoo box. And, and that one day she kind of saved my publishing career because we talked about writing a book together and, and she had this plot and I took that plot and I um, started developing it into a graphic novel. And I just, I started doing it like a page a week. And after we had the whole book kind of structured, I had uh, known someone at First Second Books and I ended up getting it to their editor, Callista Brill, and they published it for us. And it was kind of a, a, a quiet debut. But while I was teaching second grade, sometime in the in the spring, I heard it was nominated for an Eisner Award. And I was just like, what? Uh, I was just flabbergasted and uh, thrilled. When the award ceremony actually happened, and my, my, my wife thought we would have no chance at winning. She didn't go to the awards. And I, I, I wanted her to come. She decided you know, not to. And she, she still kicks herself for this because you know, we ended up winning. And I I went up there to accept for both of us and wrote out a speech on the cocktail napkin ahead of time because I once I you know the 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 reality set in me was like well maybe I we do win and I need to have something prepared and so uh, I went up there and said something about trying to get people to publish more books for kids and uh, um, anyway it, it was a thrilling experience I, who knows if I'll ever be 
nominated again or win again. I feel like Mr. Wolf Class is my best work, but you know, it, it's hard to get a series nominated for things like this. It did, it did save my career. My wife helped me save my career uh, from obscurity and uh, that award really like, you know, I could, I got an agent and, and then I, I had it a, a couple publishers, you know, vying to get Mr. Wolf class when I did have it ready. That's a great story though. And I'm, you know, it really is, it's, it's, you know, you always hear this at the Academy Awards. Oh, I'm so honored to be amongst these people, but you were probably amongst like these great writer illustrators oh, yeah. and, and you're there, you're, and you're being awarded. I guess I should say one more clarifying thing is that, yeah, it is incredibly just like, it's an honor to be nominated. Uh, it's an, like, there's so many great books that don't get nominated that get published every year. And I'm happy that it happened. That's so cool. One last thing I, I wanted to ask you before we let you go too, is I know you said you started off, you started off doing comic strips and then you got into the, to the book. Like what, what's that? Like what the difference between like throwing together when I think comic strips, I think the Sunday paper, you know, with six panels or three panels and the story's told like to go from that into you know, full books, what, what, what's kind of the difference with that? And, and was that a difficult transition? It, it was a difficult transition, I think, because uh, the comic strips were, you know, six panels. Yeah. Um, you know, I could do more slice of life, like just a true moment that happens in the, in the day of a classroom teacher. So like I mentioned, the kid with the stick um, or me finding a note in the classroom um, that says fart on it, you know, like uh, finding like the humor and just the everyday little antics is, is it's easier to translate into like a one little small moment story but to tell a, a, a book length story then you have to kind of have like a plot <laughs> and I've never been great with plot and character development and character goals and like you need to have like a satisfying way to wrap it up and so a lot of the like little things that I loved from teaching, like the little quirky things I wanted to put into my stories. A lot of them, yeah, ended up on the cutting room floor because they, they just didn't fit to the narrative. Uh, so it was a learning curve. But now I feel like I finally understand it. I feel like my new book, Snow Day, is my favorite of all the Mr. Wolf class. It, it's, I, I like them all. And I think I did something kind of unique that, you know, I'm tackling an ensemble. And not oftentimes do you get a book series that doesn't really have a main character. Um, Mr. Wolf might be the main character, but he's, it's not really about him. It's about the kids in the classroom. So each book kind of highlights new students in a way that, that you know, the one before it didn't. So it was a challenge to, to write book length work. I suggest if, if anyone wants to write comics, doing a comic strip is really the way to start it because there's not a lot of pressure. Um, you can do it on the weekend and then you have one little short story and then you can move on and do something new. So it, it was really helpful for me to start that way. Well, Aaron, we are so appreciative of you taking time to talk with us today. We've been talking with Aaron Nell Steinke, who is the author of Mr. the Mr. Wolf's Class series. We encourage our listeners to check it out and we will link to your website on our show notes so people can learn more about you. And again, Aaron, thank you so much for taking time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anne, and thank you, Bob. back to wrap up another episode of behind the books thanks so much to aaron nell steinke for taking the time to talk to us about his path to the mr wolf series and i found it kind of interesting when we were speaking with him and he 
he started off doing comics and then he got into the book with that he did with his wife that they won the big award for and then what i like about the mr wolf series and he alluded to this while we were talking to him is how it's an ensemble he made the point of a lot of times in series especially kid series there's always one main character that it's centered on and while it's called mr wolf's class it's really it's not always the same student so it's kind of a nice ensemble story and he's come up with five already the graphic novels which we talked to him about how that's a great way to get kids into reading and i'm looking forward to seeing some more right and that's going to give it room to kind of grow and evolve just how he was talking about that ensemble that's involved with the with the series I guess one of the things I really enjoyed talking to him about was his the difference between comics and graphic novels and how I really thought it was going to be an easy transition to go from one to the other. And I guess that just kind of shows my ignorance because, I mean, he's right. I mean, a graphic novel, you really kind of have to have a plot um, to sustain your story with the comic strip. I mean, it could be a one panel you know, that, that gets the point across. So I just thought that was, um, it's something that I never thought about, but it makes all the sense in the world. And I think we both were in agreement too, when we were talking to him about the fact that there, you know, sometimes there's that stigma about graphic novels, but we were both kind of in the same camp as he is, where if it gets kids reading, it's all good. Right. I think just how those images uh, augment the comprehension of a book that a child is reading. It is, it's, a, it's just such a logical stepping stone for the reading progression. And then we spoke with Anna Korn, who really seems to be enjoying herself in her job over at West Windsor. She seems to do a lot of different things. She and I share the enjoyment of looking for missing books. So kind of an underrated skill at the library, being able to find missing books, because a lot of times people are waiting for that book. Where could it be? She finds it, and then they get it into their hands. But also, I felt like this after we got off the interview with her. I just think she had such a, just this amazingly helpful, personable presence about her. And just talking with her, I could totally picture working with patrons, helping people, um, just making them comfortable, uh, you know, and it's so much beyond checking out books and and turning in books. She even said, you know, when people walk in, we're the first ones that people see. And I could just imagine walking in and her being one of the first people I see and just that welcoming presence that she has. Two more interviews that we both enjoyed doing. We'll have two more in a couple of weeks when we come back with an, another episode of Behind the Books. And hopefully people enjoy the last couple of weeks of their summer before we head back into the school year. We want to thank Aaron Steinke and Anna Korn again for taking time today. And Bob, I'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narasik. Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoy.